This podcast exists for entertainment purposes only. Before making any investment decisions, please contact your financial advisor. Alright guys, welcome to the first episode of the Man vs. Market podcast. I was having a little bit of trouble pinning down exactly what I wanted this podcast to be, so I think it's going to be a little bit of everything market-related, but I want this to be insightful in the sense that it opens your eyes to new ways to think about all types of markets, and informative in that it provides all of the weekly economic and market-related news that might be useful in your trading. And then, of course, I want to do my best to make this as entertaining as possible. My hope for this podcast is that this will be a place that individual traders can come to think more objectively about their investments in this never-ending effort of beating the market, and more importantly, that pesky, pesky inflation. In order to do this, we are going to go about things a little bit differently than what you might be used to with other podcasts. I am a very strong believer that in order to fully understand everything you need to know about the markets, you need to have at least some knowledge in things like fundamental and technical analysis, how money rotates through different industries and assets at different stages of the business cycle, and then how macroeconomic and geopolitical factors affect things like market valuations, investor sentiment, and public policy. So yeah, I know that probably sounds super boring, but before you click out, please, please hear me out. My ultimate goal here is to be able to explain these concepts in both an entertaining way as well as an informative way so that it's simple enough for a new trader to understand the concepts while also being thorough enough and detailed enough that maybe a very seasoned investor might also learn a thing or two. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, I think I should step back just a little bit and introduce myself. My name is Spencer Campbell and I have an absolute obsession with all different types of markets. I was initially introduced to stocks a couple of years ago, and I have been hooked ever since. So after losing a bunch of money right when I started, I became pretty determined to not only get all of it back, but to learn everything that I possibly could about stocks, and ultimately, to be the greatest to ever do it. Now yeah, I know that sounds pretty arrogant, but I had and continue to have pretty big goals, and I think that's a pretty good thing. This eventually led me into economics, which I am still currently studying, but I have spent thousands and thousands of hours studying everything from historical market trends, economic history, and how these two go together. Now, I want to share everything that I know with you guys. At the time of this recording, the S&P 500 is down over 12% year to date. This technically puts us in the market correction category. On the other side of things, we have the NASDAQ. This index focuses heavily on tech stocks and growth-related companies. This index is down over 21% year-to-date, and this puts us in a full-blown bear market, which, according to technical standards, is anything more than a 20% correction. The question is, what changed? Just a couple of months ago, we were consistently making all-time highs, and we had just come off of the greatest bull run the stock market had ever seen. Not to mention, the economic outlook was incredibly bright. So in just a few months, we have seen this all change. What happened? Well, this answer will vary pretty dramatically based off of who you ask. But it looks like the greatest culprit here is probably inflation. Right now, we are seeing an 8.54% year-over-year increase in inflation in the United States, a number that has not been matched since 1981. To make things worse, 
we as a society and an economy are not really used to this level of inflation. With the, the last time we peaked above 2.5% year over year being in 2011. To say that inflation has negatively affected most Americans would be an understatement, with a recent study showing that the average household is probably increasing their monthly expenses by at least $276. Despite how negatively inflation has impacted most Americans, there still seems to be so many misconceptions out there about what inflation actually is. My hope here today is to hopefully debunk some of these myths and allow you to think a little bit differently about what's actually going on right now. There seems to be this widespread belief that inflation is the devaluation of one's currency, or in this case, the dollar. That is simply, in its truest form, incorrect. Inflation is referring to an increase in the price of goods and services in an economy. So yes, while it does mean that the dollar or the respective currency will be losing purchasing power, there is a lot more to the story than just that. Think about it this way. In 2020 to 2021 alone, 27% of the United States money supply was printed into existence. Intuitively, this means that 27% of all of the United States dollars that have ever existed were created in this tiny, tiny time frame, which for this small of a time frame is the highest rate ever by far. Despite this 27% increase in the supply of dollars, the inflation rate is supposedly only 8.5%. So what gives? Shouldn't everything have increased by at least 27% if that is how many more dollars are in circulation? The answer to that question is obviously no. Modern economies are far too complex to dumb their inflation rate down simply to the increase in the money supply. Of course, there have been some goods and services that have increased by more than this 27% year over year. Things like gasoline, used cars, and in a lot of cases, homes have increased by more than this 27%. All the inflation rate is really telling us is what an estimated average increase in the cost of living is for a normal American. Of course, there's going to be some goods that increased by more than this rate, and some that increased by less than this rate. But still, we continue to dance around the actual question here. What is causing this increase in prices? The first thing we're going to look at is the increase in money supply like we talked about earlier. In response to the fallout of the COVID-19 pandemic, very aggressive fiscal and monetary policy was implemented. In simpler terms, this means that the government was using larger amounts of money than ever before to stimulate and jumpstart the economy. For reference, during the 2008 financial crisis, the Obama administration responded with a $787 billion stimulus package. The pandemic stimulus package, on the other hand, has totaled about $5 trillion total a number that is over six times as large as the Obama administration's stimulus package. So while this $5 trillion has definitely jump-started the economy, it has also created a much larger money supply. So like we talked about earlier, this massive increase in the money supply shouldn't be as big of a deal as you might intuitively think. It would be foolish to assume that this much money jumping into the economy would not cause at least some inflation. Again, as the money supply grows, the purchasing power of each dollar, of course, will go down. But there is still a lot more to the story than just this. The second reason that we have been seeing inflation is that there has been a very large increase in the demand for goods over the last couple of years. 
Typically, the consumer will spend their disposable income on a combination of goods and services. But during the pandemic, many of the services that are typically available in the economy were, well, unavailable. This ultimately led to the consumer spending a higher percentage of their income on goods, thus increasing the demands for goods, thus increasing the price of goods. This isn't even taking into account the stimulus checks that most Americans received during the pandemic in the stimulus package we talked about earlier. While I was gambling my stimulus money away in the options market, most Americans were probably spending their new money on a new phone, a new computer, or just plain bills and groceries. This, of course, further increased demand. So while the demand in the economy was increasing, we were seeing the exact opposite happening on the supply side. Pandemic-related circumstances led to a huge decrease in the supply of goods that were able to be supplied to the market. As labor shortages and slowdowns in both manufacturing and shipping led suppliers to be faced with either much higher costs or forced them to stop operation entirely. Regardless, less supply and higher costs for suppliers leads to, well, less supply and higher cost for us. So now, the economy is faced with an increase in demand and a decrease in supply, which by the laws of supply and demand mean that prices have nowhere to go but up. There is also the crisis in Ukraine that has driven commodity prices like oil and wheat upwards, but we have to remember that inflation has been going on like this for over a year, while this conflict is relatively new meaning we can attribute a little bit of the inflation to the conflict in Ukraine. Most of it has been caused by the factors we previously mentioned. Now that we've covered why inflation is happening, we're going to go over what types of inflation there are and which types of inflation we're seeing. Also, we're going to go over what kinds of things you as an investor can do to protect your portfolio from inflation. Before we go any further, I need to clear up this rumor that the dollar is apparently weak. In reality, the dollar is actually very, very strong right now relative to other global currencies. As a matter of fact, the dollar's strength relative to other currencies is up 13% over the last year. This means that we are able to import more for less at the expense of being able to export less for more. Now, don't think about this too hard. We will cover this probably more in a later episode. I just wanted to just completely dispel this rumor that the dollar is apparently super weak right now. Now, getting back to the different types of inflation, I believe it's important to understand what the different types of inflation are in order to actually be able to comprehend why the inflation is going on, and we can actually tell if the inflation that's going on is good or not. The first type of inflation is called demand pull inflation. Demand pull inflation occurs when increases in the money supply cause the demand for goods and services in an economy to increase at a faster rate than the supply of goods and services in an economy. In order for producers to meet this new higher demand despite the current lower supply, they have no choice but to increase prices. This is the type of inflation that economists refer to as good inflation. This is because it inherently implies that the economy is growing. The next type of inflation is called cost-push inflation. Cost-push inflation is caused by supply-side factors and occurs usually when suppliers or producers are faced with higher cost of production. 
This, of course, ultimately trickles down to the consumer level. Some of the things that can contribute to these increased production costs include things like higher wages and increased raw material prices. Cost push inflation is typically regarded as the bad type of inflation, mostly due to the fact that this type of inflation leads to decreases in economic growth and lower standards of living. Though, I must add that these negative side effects are usually pretty short-lived. The last type of inflation we are going to go over is called built-in inflation. This type of inflation is the most complicated type, and so we're not going to go crazy into detail here. But essentially, this type of inflation occurs because of our current assumption of future inflation. Think of it this way. If we assume that prices are going to increase next year, we are going to increase our consumption today. Thus, anticipation of inflation creates inflation. Obviously, this is a very simple way of explaining it, but I think it's enough for what we're trying to do here. Or think about when Russia first invaded Ukraine. Gas prices seemingly skyrocketed overnight, despite the real higher costs of oil not even being fully realized yet. Now, my question for you guys is think about what we just talked about. Try to guess which type of inflation we are experiencing right now. I'll give you a couple seconds. This question is actually a little bit misleading and can honestly be regarded as a trick question because the answer is actually all three. So to say that there is just one factor causing inflation right now, that would simply just be incorrect. There is so many different individual factors that go into it and all these different types of inflation are contributing to what we are seeing. We also have to remember that a lot of the increases in the cost of living are coming from gas prices and food prices two different goods that are historically very volatile. So if we actually want to see what the inflation rate would be without these two, we can look at the core inflation rate. This rate is just 6.5%, still a high rate, but a lot less than the 8.5% that we're seeing overall. So again, the core inflation rate is taking into account everything except food and energy prices, which are two prices that are historically pretty volatile. So if you want a little bit of a better view on what's going on minus food and minus energy, core inflation is definitely the place to look. Alright, I know what you guys are probably thinking. We know there's inflation. We didn't come here to be told that there's inflation. We already know this. We came here to know what we should do about it, where we should put our money. My advice is to typically look back at history, as history tends to repeat itself pretty consistently, especially in the stock market. So what I've done is I've gone back and I've researched which sectors have historically done the best under higher rates of inflation. Those who have been following me for a while know that I am a huge believer in the market sector rotation theory. This theory basically states that different sectors and different types of businesses typically thrive at different phases in the business cycle. If we look at which types of stocks perform best after the stock market has topped out, but before or during the economy's top out, we are able to see there is a couple of industries that usually do really well. The first of these being energy. The demand for energy is what we call inelastic. What this means is that regardless of the price, the demand for energy does not change very much, meaning that in times of high inflation, when the price of energy is much higher, or during times of recession when overall demand for goods and services in the economy is lower, companies in the energy sector are not nearly as poorly affected as companies in other sectors might be. This is one of the main reasons that the energy sector has historically been a safe haven for investors during times like these. So while energy stocks may seem very expensive right now, history says there is still a lot more room to the upside. 
The best way to go long on energy stocks would probably be through the ticker XLE. This is an energy sector ETF that is comprised of 21 different holdings that have historically done very well during these market environments. The consumer staple sector has also historically done pretty well during environments like this. Companies that are in the consumer staple sector are typically in the business of either food or food distribution, two industries that are also historically very demand inelastic. Ticker XLP is the ETF that covers the consumer staple sector. The other two sectors that have usually done pretty well under times of inflation are materials and healthcare, though they have not performed nearly as well as energy and consumer staples. You can play the materials sector with the ticker XLB, and you can play the healthcare sector with the ticker XLV. Crazy enough, the four sectors that we talked about today represent four of the five best performing sectors of 2022 thus far, and I can promise you that this is no coincidence. My prediction for the day is this. I believe that the average return of these four sectors over the rest of 2022 will outpace the S&P 500. So far this year, they have done so, and I don't expect this trend to end anytime soon. So when considering your long-term portfolio, Instead of just investing in the broader market, I would highly consider going over and taking a look at the ETFs we talked about today. These include XLE, XLP, XLB, and XLV. Obviously, this is just my opinion, and only time will tell. But what we can hope for is that this inflation does slow down sometime soon. Thank you for listening to the first episode of my podcast. This is my first attempt at actually making a podcast. And obviously, there's a lot of things I still need to flesh out. But I think this went pretty well, and I really do hope that you enjoyed this. I would like to thank those who have been following me for a while and have continued to push me to actually do this. This is for you. Um, So if there's anything you don't like about this or something that you want to hear in the future, please let me know. I will do everything in my power to actually make sure that this happens. This wouldn't be a project if it wasn't for you guys, so thank you very, very much. If you did like this episode and you found it beneficial or helpful in any way, I would absolutely love it if you could leave me a, a review on whatever platform you're using. That would help me immensely. Also, if there's anyone that you know that might benefit from something like this, please, please, please share it with them. Ask them to give it a listen, give it a download. I really want to grow this community as large as I can, and I I really think this is a place that could be super beneficial to all types of investors, traders, anybody who, who needs some sort of insight or just wants some extra guidance in what they should do in the stock market. On the next episode of Man vs. Market, we are going to talk about what's going on in different commodity markets like gold, silver, crude oil, wheat, things like that, and talk why these things are happening and why they might provide some really, really key investment opportunities. If that's something that you're interested in, please stick around, stay tuned for the next episode. And on that note, I'm going to end it right here. Thank you guys for listening so, so much. I really do appreciate it. I'll talk to you guys soon.